from the impeachment thing coming up. Just want to point out one of the Castro brothers being a jerk. So we'll have that coming up. The uh, The actual analysis of it would be, uh, I think, nonpartisan minds agree that the needle wasn't moved in terms of you're going to get 20 Republican senators to switch sides. Right. Right. Maybe you feel like the needle was moved in terms of making Trump look like a bad person and less people will vote for him. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, depending on how closely people pay attention to that, I could believe. But, I, you know, I would rephrase your question. Uh, did it change enough minds among the American people that the senators will feel the pressure? I mean, because there are a few profiles in Courage, guys who would say, listen, I know 90% of America believes this, but I am certain that I'm right. I'm voting against that. I will lose my next election, but by God, I will die with a clean conscience. <laughs> that number's pretty small. I tell you what, you come across one, and it's like coming across a two-headed calf. Go ahead, pay the $2, take a look, because you're not going to see another one anytime soon. So, again, it's, it's just not much happened. So you say uh, It was good drama. It was okay drama. Yeah, here, I know what you're about to say. Let me do that okay. again, and then I swear to God I'll pay it off. NASA has discovered a Nazi planet. The scary music would be good right there, Michael. Do you have that ready? Take two. <clears throat> NASA has discovered a Nazi planet. Before you get to that. Yes. Something interesting I came across yesterday. I wish I remembered the name of it. It's got a name. There's too many names for phenomenon. You know, like singular, singularity or... or uh, there are too many phenomena for Jack. The blank effect or the, uh, the you know, I just I can't memorize them all, so I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop trying. Right. Just say, the that, spirit. <laughs> just say that thing where computers can learn for themselves, that's because that's fine. Well, as I was talking about the other day, the Overton window. I just, I don't like names for all these things. <laughs> yeah, cause, yeah, right. Too many names. And this is named for a person also, or a, a group of people got together, physicists, I forget when it was... Years ago, they they came up with this theory, and it's a pretty interesting one. About Nazi planets? Stay with us. And it gets to a conversation we had in our long-form podcast that gets uh, uh, released tomorrow. About the Enlightenment and, um, and, uh, and humankind and the advancements we've made in science and technology and all these different things. And are we about to destroy it all because we've gotten so smart and safe and happy and computers take over and we have no purpose in life and we just, you know, we kill ourselves Mm -hmm. or blow ourselves up with nuclear weapons or whatever. Mm -hmm. And this concept that I'd never thought about before, because the question has always been, is there life on other planets? Other planets. Only an idiot would say no, given the number of universes and galaxies and everything that are. And the number of Nazis looking for a planet. However, (laughs) is it possible that the, because the question then is, well, if if there's obviously life out there somewhere, because there are as many galaxies as there are grains of sand on Earth. Think about that. Stunning. Impossible to think there's not life. Well, if there's if there is life out there, obviously, how come it's we've never heard from it? How come we've never come in contact with it or whatever? It's because they all reached the point where they destroy themselves, and we're going to do it too. Mm. There has been life, but you you get to the point you get so smart, you get so te- you get to the technological advancement where you could reach out into space, you destroy yourself, mm. and that has happened over and over again. And it's the theory of some guy, and it's got a name, but because mm. too is, many phenomena, that, you're right. We could do that. We could destroy sure. ourselves with nuclear weapons or, you know, whatever happens. The computers take over and eat us. <laughs> uh, you know, speaking of college, I took a college class called Life in the Universe, and it was all about 
uh, you know, you learned astronomy, but the premise of the thing was studying how likely it was that there'd be life, what it would take, what sort of planets, what sort of stars, blah, blah, blah. It was an incredibly easy class, but it was just yeah, fun. It was thought-provoking. Incredibly easy. Oh, it was. This, this guy... <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. This, <laughs> yeah, no you kidding. know, it was kind of a Socratic class where if you wanted to invest in it and learn something from it, you could, and if you didn't... I love classes like and, that. And the guy didn't particularly give a damn. You know, I, I taught... But it was really interesting. I taught a couple of classes as a grad student a couple of different semesters, and my, 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 my opinion one year on one class was that. You know, you could get a lot out of this if you want to, and if you, if you don't care, you're not going to, but... Why is that my business? Right. Why should I? I never quite understood professors who are going to force you into this. Mm. I'm paying for it. It's my life. Right. Why so do give me you a bad care? Grade. Well, grade inflation, Jack, or something, something, something. Anyway, um, I remember uh, he made the point that one of the difficulties of figuring out if there's a civilization elsewhere, and if it's not... I mean, if it's just beings ooching around, there's no way you're going to figure it out unless you crash a probe into it. So it's got to be a civilization with fairly advanced technology. He said that civilization could have lasted for 10 million years. And depending on the whole light years and radio signals traveling through space thing, I don't want to get hung up on the math. But the point is, it could have existed for 10 million years, then Broken down, war, famine, whatever, uh, disease. Hit by an asteroid. And and, and it went away for 100,000 years. And it's about to exist for another 10 million years. But 100,000 years in human history is an un... It's an incomprehensible amount of time. Because we just haven't been doing our thing that long as a species that could receive those signals and understand they're there. So it's, it's very much like, you know, one thing flashes by and another thing flashes by at the same time. And and so you become aware. They would have had to have reached their peak of <clears throat> advancement at the same time that we do. Right. And then you've got to factor in the this, the, the time travel, right. the or, speed of light. They're thing. on Betamax. We're on DVD. Yeah. Uh, things aren't compatible. You know, it's funny you should say that, Sean. I don't mean funny ha-ha, because as a joke, it was mediocre at best, <laughs> but... Uh, I kid. Um, that you anticipated my next point beautifully. They might be communicating with a technology we do not perceive as communication, or not until really, really recently, right. when NASA's gotten a lot better at listen. This is not random, so we better pay attention. Only to in it. the last couple of decades, right? So, it, 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 unless this civilization, uh, you know, this civilization had to come in like since the fifties mm-hmm. for us to even discover it, right? And then the the, the 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 time it would take for that information to reach us is too long. Yeah, that's right. interesting. Right. So it's almost impossible. Yeah, it's like two balls hitting each other on the driving range. I mean, they have to be in the same place at the same time in a vast amount of time and space. It's mm-hmm. just practically impossible. Interesting. Fascinating. So, uh, <laughs> Spock. Thank you, Spock. Now back to the Nazi planet. Well, it's not a Nazi planet. Uh, that's the, what I would say after the commercials on my TV show. Now back to the Nazi planet. <laughs> Oh, I almost went into a Nazi. But it's Hitler in a space helmet. (laughs) That's not funny. (laughs) Yeah, but it's like Hogan's Heroes. It's kind of a funny version of Nazi. Oh, that's okay then. I'm not a fan of Hitler. No? So the most distant object explored is Ultima Thule. 22-mile-long object, 4 billion miles from Earth. It was analyzed by the New Horizons spacecraft as it flew by. But the Ultima Thule name comes from a mythical land in medieval European literature, which was appropriated by the Nazis and fig- figured somehow into their whole Aryan race thing. So now they're renaming 
the the Nazi asteroid. Mm. I guess it's a way better tease than reality. Yeah. Now the object is being renamed Arakoth, which I believe was one of the brave guys in the Lord of the Rings <laughs> stories or something. So listen, this is a car wreck happening in slow motion. I think we can squeeze this in this hour because we've got some really good tape from the impeachment hearing uh, yesterday of Congress people really revealing themselves as terrible human beings. But we've talked about all the, the problems with the West Coast bomb explosion and the poop in the streets and, and, and rivers of urine in San Francisco and crime and stabbings and beatings and insanity. Well, there is a plucky young woman who is running for a district attorney who a lot of people, including me, thought was going to win. Um, and she was saying, listen, quality of life is plunging downward. We need to restore quality of life in San Francisco. Well, she lost. And the guy who won is to the left of Trotsky. I mean, he is a wild radic. He's Che freaking Guevara. And it's going to be like watching a slow motion car crash in San Francisco. It is going to be 1970s New York. That was unlivable, horrific crime, porn, drugs, hookers, the rest of it in Times Square. Um, here, here's your coming preview. It's going to be crazy, and I'll tell you more about this guy. Oh That'll my god, be interesting to watch. It's so wow. The the peeps, well, the voting peeps of San Francisco, the radical left turned out. Man, they got their guy. Uh, good stuff on the way in the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we mentioned yesterday that uh, the, the the guy who's now going to be DA of San Francisco, the guy that won, and, and some of the quotes and everything are just, whew, it's, uh, it's a little troubling. We got more on that in just a little bit. We wanted to highlight something from the impeachment uh, that happened yesterday, just because we all happened to hear it, I guess, and found it annoying at the same uh-huh. time. So uh, I thought it was Julian Castro who's running for president, but it was his his, his evil twin brother. You can tell it's his evil twin because he has a beard. Right. Looks exactly like him, but has a beard. Right. Um, but Julian Castro's c- kind of famous for doing some douchey things in the... Uh, Running for president. That were so over-the-top and transparent. Well, those like immediate horror. They're releasing the names of the Trump donors there in Texas and saying, you know, don't go to these businesses, which nobody thought was cool. Right. Right or left. And then in the debate saying, oh, have you already forgotten? What, did you forget what you just said two minutes ago? Which was just too over-the-top. To Joe Biden trying yeah. to portray him as senile. And here's his twin brother talking to these two diplomats. What's this guy's name? Joaquin. Joaquin. Talking to these two diplomats that are, uh, first of all, highly respected men. Nobody's really trying to claim that there's anything wrong with them. And not only that, they're they're on your side. They were called by your peeps, it, yes. It, it seems pretty clear they agree with you that Trump did something bad. Or they're at worst neutral. Yeah. But, but anyway, yeah. here's uh, <laughs> Mr. Castro questioning them. So we have a president who... Uh, the other side has claimed or has defended the president saying that the aid went through, that there was never any investigation. But the president attempted to get those things done. 
And it looks like there was an initial agreement by the president of the Ukraine to actually do those things. So, ambassadors, is attempted murder a crime? Is attempted murder a crime? Attempted murder is a crime. Is attempted robbery a crime? Neither of us is a lawyer. but I, I, I think anybody in this room is, could answer that question. I think that's right. And I'll, be, I'll go out on a limb and say, yes, it is. Is attempted extortion and bribery a crime? I don't know, sir. If there's no consequence for a president who does that, then it means there's a green light, doesn't it, for any president to ask any country to go prosecute or investigate an American citizen for political and personal gain of that president. Doesn't it? Uh, thank you for the question. First of all, I'm not an ambassador. <laughs> so I just, there's several things in there I liked. He wow. said, the Ukraine, ambassadors, the Ukraine. So right there, the one guy's not an ambassador. This has been going on for like two hours. He's been referred to by his title. It's there in front of him. Right. Um, for two hours, ambassadors, <laughs> the Ukraine. And, uh, and then, the, is it murder? Like, answer the question. I'm on your side, and I get what you're doing. It's a rhetorical flourish. Why? Do I actually have to answer the question? Yes, murder's a crime. <laughs> is robbery a crime? I think anybody could answer that. I can't. Again, I understand what you're trying to do. Why do you I don't need really me to say it? I really am kind of uh, like I'm a, I'm a war veteran. I'm a respected dude. I'm kind of not a dancing puppeteer, little rhetorical flourishes here. But, yeah, I guess so. Right. <laughs> and then the, right. And then the answer of, well, I'm not an ambassador, but I just thought the whole thing was so embarrassing for him. Hey, nice you know, look. You know, we haven't talked about yesterday, and I said uh, during yesterday's show that I think the historic and impactful thing happening in D.C. was probably going to be the Erdogan meeting at the White House, the president of Turkey with uh, Trump trying to work out our differences and recent tensions, you know, be it uh, invading parts of Syria and, and killing uh, our f- former friends, the Kurds, or uh, Trump threatening to bring their economy to its knees or buying Russian missile systems and the rest of it. Well, according to Jonathan Swan at Axios, do we have that tape? I can't remember. Uh, which, the... Uh, on Turkey, I don't Turkey think meetings? so. No. no, so according to uh, Swan, who's a serious dude, um, what happened was the president uh, said to Erdogan, a number of our legislative leaders would like to uh, meet with you, and Lindsey Graham, among others, read him the riot act about what Turkey's been up to lately and how the U.S. can't be party to it and how it's uncool and the rest of it. And Trump's message was, look, this is how American uh, politics works. This is the attitude in this country. Uh, you need to come correct, sir. Which is a heck of an interesting thing to do. I'm yeah. not sure I've... Let me read, you the, recall, let me read the reporting to you as yeah. you were just talking about this. Pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, per Axios, um, Erdogan sat down and started showing a film on his iPad. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. About how the Kurds are terrorists, a documentary that was made in Turkey. Lindsey Graham, Ted Cruz, Joni Ernst, Rick Scott, and Jim Risch all took turns pushing back on Erdogan, while Trump <laughs> sat back and watched, intervening occasionally to play traffic cop. Well, do you want me to get the Kurds to make a video about what you've done, countered Lindsey Graham, who confirmed the clash. Ooh, that's a good shot. Yeah, that is pretty good. Don't piss off old Lindsey. Graham tells Axios he forcefully rejected the Turkish narrative that they had done more to destroy ISIS and say that America will not abandon the Kurds. But 
Um, that is interesting, Trump's uh, way of handling that. Mm-hmm. I'll get the people that really hate you and disagree with this in here and let them talk to you. I'm just going to kind of sit back and let you know. Right. I, I get that. You think? Uh, it, it's uh, not typical. But instead of Trump memorizing Lindsey Graham, so we've, we've dealt with this many times in life. You need something. You want something. It's important to you. But you have to trust somebody who doesn't particularly give a damn to advocate for that thing. That's, that's not a good position to be in. So Trump thought, all right, I could memorize Lindsey's talking points and, and pound on the table, but he's awfully good at it. Why don't I just bring him in? Hmm. Uh, that's some high-stakes stuff right there yeah. about a NATO ally who's in bed with Russia. And, yeah, that's, and that's an Islamist dictatorship, essentially. Long-term, the most important thing that happened yesterday, as you said. Where that goes, nobody knows. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, we got Nancy Pelosi and Lindsey Graham weighing Marshall, in. is murder a crime? No, answer me, is murder a I, crime? I, I'm not a lawyer. Hmm. Anyway, they weigh in on the impeachment hearings, and then the next Democratic debate has been whittled down to just ten hopefuls. No, no, no. <laughs> Only ten? <Yeah. laughs> Getting so close now. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're running out of time with 80 there, days to go. There's yeah. a handful of the laughers that are still involved, too. Yeah. The real oh, yeah. laughers. Yeah. The jokes with the clown noses on. Twitter as much as I probably should be, but I did tweet out a picture of a squirrel skeleton yesterday that my kids found and being young boys were fascinated with. Yes. It was stuck in the fence. So somehow it died on the fence? Wow. Got stuck in the fence? Now to get off the fence, say what you believe in. Anyway, they got the skeleton out there, they put it in a plastic bag and they put it in their new man cave they made in the... Uh, Oh, in the garage. Nice touch. The beanbag chair and everything like that. They thought, bones. they thought it would be cool to have a skeleton in there. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, oh, there boy. it is. I'll be dang. Do you think there's differences between the genders? Not that many little girls would think a squirrel skeleton was the cool thing they need to uh, spend their time on displaying in their room. Mm. And if your little girl does, you might want to keep an eye on her. Wow. Mummified Squirrel, my new uh, blues band. We play all our songs in 3-4 time. It's, it's, it's kind of our gimmick. Waltz blues. Interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, news now with Marshall Phillips. We uh, are getting reports now that a shooter who opened fire at a high school in Southern California has been located and is, quote, no longer a threat. Does that mean dead? Several people wounded in the attack in Santa Clarita, north of L.A. Was he wearing a MAGA hat? That's that's what people want to know. What did he say in his blog? What did he tweet about as a 14-year-old? Did he have a Bernie Sanders thing on his Facebook page? Well, we've got right now described as a male Asian dressed all in black. I'm glad no no fatalities at the school, thank God. Well, thus far. Yeah. Speaker Nancy Pelosi is calling the first House impeachment hearing a successful day for the truth. What else is she going to say? Talking with reporters at the Capitol, Pelosi said witnesses highlighted President Trump's abuse of power in the Ukraine scandal. She said... She voted no against Andrew Johnson, right? <laughs> she said Trump committed bribery, which sparked this question. So what was the bribe here? The bribe is to grant or withhold military assistance in return for a public statement of a uh, of a fake investigation into uh, the, the elections. So a statement is a bribe. Okay. Good luck selling that to the American people. Meanwhile, Senator Lindsey Graham, chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, says 
He doesn't know how long a Senate impeachment trial may last. He was talking with reporters at the Capitol. Graham stressed that an impeachment trial should be based on due process. You're having uh, hearings in the House where uh, Democrats only call witnesses. The whistleblower is being shielded from uh, examination. It's fundamentally unfair. I don't want to legitimize this. Graham also saying he would not vote for any resolution that is based on, quote, hearsay upon hearsay. You know, some of that stuff he's saying is crap, but he's just trying to muddy the waters, which is what the defense does. Um, and and that's fine. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the whistleblower is a relevant story anymore. No, no, it hasn't been for a long time. But, again, you're just trying to win public opinion. The, the aspect of this I find really kind of amusing, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, is that the trial will absolutely be going on during the hottest part, the most important part of the early mm-hmm. state campaigning and voting. Right. You have multiple Democratic senators who will have to be in D.C., every single day, all day long, and will not be able to campaign. And you could easily see, because Nancy's uh, little statement there was not exactly brimming with enthusiasm, you could almost see, after a few weeks of this, the Republicans thinking, let's vote yes, let's send it to the Senate. And the Democrats thinking, wow, Liz is clearly the front, front runner, this would kneecap her, Bernie or whatever. Uh, we, we we can't have impeachment. We just got to say we're doing. And you got the Democrats voting against it, and the Republicans voting for it. And or once it gets to the yeah, Senate, yeah. the Republicans string it along for <laughs> weeks and weeks, and the Democrats saying, "Finish this up. Let's vote. We know we're going to lose. We got to vote." And Mitch McConnell saying, "Well, we have more witnesses we'd like to talk to. Uh, well, how about we break for lunch? Let's we'll take a two-hour <laughs> break for lunch. We'll come back." Um, uh, is there any chance this is a warning shot? Oh, you want impeachment, do you? This is what we're going to do if it gets to the Senate. You might want to wrap this up or call it off or something. It could be. I wonder the dynamics are odd. But then the old uh, triple reverse. Then you got the fact that the, the the Senate candidates, Liz and Bernie mostly, right. uh, terrify the Democratic establishment. Right, and the Republicans should want Bernie and Liz in Iowa. <laughs> so, again, that's why it's a triple reverse. So the Republicans are like, wow, good point. We're back to voting against impeachment because we want to be sure Bernie and Liz are out there promising $700 trillion, uh, you know, health care for everybody on the planet plans. So we'll see. I I tell you what won't be anybody's big concern is truth, justice, and the American way. Well, the stage is now set for the November 20th Democratic debate in Atlanta. Yes, ten Democrats will be on stage for that next debate. It's too many. They include Biden, Booker, Mayor Booker. Pete. Yeah, I know yes. it. I know it. Okay, Biden and Mayor Pete, obviously, yeah. you got to have them. Booker. Yeah. Keep going. Tulsi Gabbard. What? Kamala yeah. Harris. No. no. Not a joke. Amy Klobuchar. Amy Klobuchar. Klobuchar climbing in the polls yeah. a little in Iowa. Yeah, I love Amy. Bernie Sanders. Of course. Billionaire Tom Steyer. What? Elizabeth Warren and Andrew Yang. So half of those you, you can take out You didn't mention Biden, did you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did he? Half yeah. of those you could take out of Maybe there. it's just because he's so forgettable. I apologize for that. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. I didn't know whether he was going to come at me with a chain or be apologetic. And he, and he went with the statesman like, well, you know what? New respect, uh, Senator Vice President Biden, sir. 
It turns out melanoma rates are falling among American teens and millennials, even as they are climbing among older adults. Researchers found that between uh, 2001 and 2015, cases of the deadly cancer went up by 65%, primarily driven by adults older than 40. You know you what? I know zero teenagers and young adults right now who slather themselves in baby oil and go to right. a beach for six hours. I was None. Gu- I was going to say, yep. we have a lot of young people around our uh, farm for this intern thing we have, and uh, they're all pale. Yeah, it's indoors just, is awesome. <laughs> it's <laughs> awful. When, uh, I'm from the get-as-tan-as-you-can generation, especially like right. that age, early 20s. Everybody was doing whatever they could to get as, as brown as right. possible, and it was terrible for you. And the younger generation, just because they've heard about cancer or just changing right. fashions, they don't seem to have any concern about being tan at all. Yep. Interesting. Do, do, you, do you have an idea whether it's fear of cancer or just a change in style? I think it's multiple things. Yeah. More indoor amusements. They're not coupling as much and don't care. Right. Um, and, and Nobody's going to see my tan lines. Yeah. I mean, heck, I'm, I'm way, way, way more uh, aware of cancer risk, skin cancer risk, than I was at that age. Oh, yeah. I've had a number of things cut off me, and some of them were painful. And I think, eh, I wish I could go back to 19-year-old me and punch myself in the throat. Yes. What was I doing laying out there in the sun between <laughs> classes? Well, what? In your new scenario, yeah. you're laying out there, and you just get throat punched out of nowhere. <laughs> right? My old bald guy. <laughs> yeah, what? what was that? <laughs> Somebody get him. All right. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, The Conscience Jeez, of... some crazy old bald pudgy guy just came and punched me in the throat, trying to lay in the sun. You're already right. at the beach. Now you just can't breathe. Got back into a time machine and left. <laughs> he called me an idiot. <laughs> Slammed the door in his time machine, and he was gone. I apologize for that. The nation. <laughs> All right, then. So we don't have. I'm one of the few people that have ever said that they had a time machine, they'd go back and punch themselves (laughs) in the throat. (laughs) Most people wouldn't go back and assault the young young them. Yeah, wow. I'm. I'm. I'm, Anyway, sorry. That was a distracting (laughs) thought. Uh, Tax by homeless on the rise in California. Um, So many, so many stories about that and the negative impact of the bum explosion and the rest of it. And. And San Francisco has doubled down on the most radical lefty policies on that sort of thing. And it's shocking to me. It's shocking to us. It's shocking to the political establishment in San Francisco. Because, you know, you're going to see a a polar bear in Santa Monica before you see a a Republican of any note in San Francisco. Um, And both the people running were Democrats. Right. Um, but the one who got elected is Che freaking Guevara. And this is going to be wa- like watching a slow motion car wreck. We'll tell you a little bit about this guy and, and what he promised during his uh, campaign. That's coming up it, next. It's, yeah. it's, it's troubling. It's oh, troubling. Oh, it's amazing. Um, the tide hasn't turned yet. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We're right, says 
the just-elected new DA of San Francisco. In voting for this campaign, the residents of San Francisco have demanded radical change and rejected calls to go back to the tough-on-crime era that did not make us safer and destroyed the lives of thousands of San Franciscans. Here's your summary first. What? When you have so-called down-ticket races, although a DA is an incredibly important part of government, that is the that is your prosecutor. That is your person whose job is to get bad people off the streets, punish them, and keep them away from you, the district's attorney. Um, but here's your summary first. When you have off-year races for non-super-marquee positions, an incredibly small number of voters can change the course of your city's history. And in this case, the thoroughly reasonable, moderate, um, quality-of-life-oriented, Democrat-backed candidate for district attorney of San Francisco City and County lost to a radical Marxist. This guy, Chesa Bodine, 39 years old, he narrowly won the race. He is now the top prosecutor, though he has never prosecuted a case in his life. Oh, really? I didn't know that. No, he was a, like a public defender guy. I mean, so he knows his way around a courtroom, but his orientation is entirely nobody goes to jail ever. But so, you know, if you don't know the San Francisco Bay Area, the the, the, the what's going on here is most people would have thought that San Francisco has reached such a point getting global attention for its third world-like conditions on the streets mm-hmm. that people would have finally said, okay, that's enough with the needles and the pooping on the streets. And if you leave your car for 30 seconds, somebody breaks into it and nobody prosecutes the crimes. That's enough. No, <laughs> that's not the direction we're going to go. You heard his quote, the era of tough on crime is over. That was the tough on crime era right? that, you, that you're living through. Politics, voting is all about turnout listen here's this guy's resume he was raised by uh his parents were weather underground domestic terrorists jailed for the role in an armed heist that uh, killed two police officers and a private security guard uh dad's still in prison i think he was raised by uh bill Ayers, the famous weather underground uh terrorist turned uh, college professor One of his grandfathers was an attorney for Fidel Castro, which might just be a curiosity, but wait a minute, that the acorn has not fallen at all far from the tree. His great-great-uncle, Marxist theoretician, he earned two uh, master's degrees um, on a Rhodes Scholarship, very bright guy. He worked as a translator for Venezuelan dictator Hugo Chavez. He is publicly. He worked for Chavez? His grandfather worked for Castro. Right. That's incredible. That's like made up. He publicly praised Chavez in 2009 for ending the term limits that would keep him from being president for life. He praised that. Um, he's never prosecuted a case, uh, et cetera, et cetera. The San Francisco Police Officers Association aggressively opposed this guy. Um He learned of his victory while on a flight home from New York where he is visiting his terrorist father at a maximum security prison in upstate New York. Again, the sins of the father are not visited upon the son in my world unless the son embraces them, which he certainly has. Um, let's see. Oh, here here it is. So you've got one of the great cities in the world in so many ways really crumbling a little bit, and, and their, their bread and butter of tourism is declining and, 
and conventions are shying away now, and it's really it's become a serious problem. Never mind the poor people who live there. Um, he said specifically. We will not prosecute cases involving quality of life crimes. Crimes such as public camping. Where to go? Oh, I'm sorry. The page reset on me as I sing it. We will not prosecute cases involving quality of life crimes. Crimes such as public camping, offering or soliciting sex, public urination, blocking a sidewalk, etc. should not and will not be prosecuted. Many of these crimes are still being prosecuted, and we have a long way to go to decriminalize poverty and homelessness. Do not prosecute public urination. That is not true many places on the planet. And here's the problem. Um, In in San Francisco, and this seems insane, I know, anywhere else, but trust me, it's the case. uh, Vehicle break-in, smash and grabs, uh, shoplifting, um, small-time theft out of your home, out of your garage, that sort of thing has been decriminalized. They don't even chase you. They don't even try anymore. And so that sort of thing is, to a guy like this, part of the quality of life crimes, literally vehicle break-ins and that sort of thing. Um, and so, and again, it's not like the people of San Francisco or even the, the powers that be in San Francisco who are crazy, crazy left. This guy's left for them. How long but he your, won the election. How long is your term? Is it forty year? years? No, I don't. <laughs> I, I, I assume it's four years, but I don't actually know that. Yeah. Uh, do we have a number on the vote? We'll have to look that up. How many humans actually voted? I have to dig into that. I'm sure it's a very, very small. I'm sure number. it is too. Yeah. Uh, here's here's the article. Uh, low five figures, I would guess at best. Chavez for life. There are at least three reasons why the world should congratulate Venezuela's Hugo Chavez on his recent success abolishing term limits. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. Well, even that aside, a, a guy that says, I mean, all I need to hear is the era of tough on crime is over. That was the tough on crime era? Uh-oh. Where you, everybody's car gets broken into and you step in poo on the way from your car to call the police? I see, uh, I foresee the communists of the uh, Board of Supervisors in San Fran teaming up with the uh, police officers and and going to recall this guy or hold a special election or something. Really? I wonder. I mean, they almost have to. Final you know, I hate to be a music critic, but the way he rushes the first phrase vocally makes the piano sound even draggier yeah. than it is, That's which really, it, it works comedically. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your host, Joe Getty. Oh, boy. Let's uh, get a final thought from everybody on the squad. He presses the buttons in the control room. Michael, fire away. All right. I'm cake tasting for my wedding today. Yes. I'm very excited Good about this. Good work if you can get I'm it. I'm hoping to give me full-size pieces, and I'm going to accidentally stick my finger in a cake that you know they may just have to give away to somebody. <laughs> wow. Wow. A and fellow cake lover. Don't do it like wine tasting. You spit. Spit it in a glass. Chew it up, swallow it, eat the whole piece. Yep. Marshall Phillips, our esteemed newsman, do you have a final thought? I do indeed. We've got another round of impeachment hearings tomorrow. How many more days of this can we endure? Ah, well. Positive Sean, our producer, final thought for us. Having a really good week of not spending money on frivolous food. I've been eating stuff out of my my fridge, freezer, and cupboards. And I'm trying to resist that logical trap of, hey, you've been good for a couple yep. days. Oh, yeah. Go, go get something. Don't fall no, for it. Don't no. fall for it. Discipline. Jack, a final <laughs> thought to share with the good folks? It would seem that uh, Twitter and the text line find it quite amusing 
that I am the only person ever that if they had a time machine would go back in time and punch the younger them. <laughs> in the throat. In the throat, no less. In the throat, punch the younger me. Wow. Well, First I'd say, nice hair, and then punch myself in the throat. It's justice. <laughs> yeah. My final thought is, and this is not what I'm rooting for, it's not wishful thinking. I am certain I am right. If I am wrong, please call right and slap me upside the head with my own ignorance. The impeachment thing peaked yesterday. What we're going to look at is a long, slow half-life of boredom and, and, and efforts to get it going again. It's over. Marshall, do you know if the network's plan to go wall-to-wall tomorrow? I have not heard. There's I no not heard. They can't keep it up next week, every day. They can't. They're in a meeting right now discussing right. that, I promise right. you. Yeah. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people, thanks for a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Oh, man, do we have a lot of great podcasts for you there and clicks and articles and, and stuff like that. Email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. See you tomorrow, guys. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say what that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> That's good. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, you're, we're dismissed. Is that correct? Do you want to rephrase... Uh, what you're doing is attempted murder or crime. Uh, thank you for the question. First of all, I'm not an ambassador. Uh... Armstrong and Getty.